the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Over its impending suspected invasion of Ukraine, Vice President Kamala Harris says that Russia has always played by its own rules when it comes to violating international law. The U.S. blaming Russia for recent cyber attacks inside Ukraine as well. Here's correspondent Greg Cluxton. The chief cyber official at the White House says Russia was responsible for targeting Ukraine's defense ministry and major banks this week. Those cyber attacks knocked two major banks and government websites offline. Ann Neuberger said the attacks were of limited impact since Ukrainian officials were able to quickly get their networks back online. But it's possible, she said, that Russia was laying the groundwork for more destructive intrusions. Greg Clugston, The White House. Authorities say two Texas sheriff deputies were shot and wounded while exchanging gunfire with a suspect who died at the scene. This is SRN News. What makes successful investors successful? There are a few traits shared by some of the great ones of our time. Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike. They'll be discussing those attributes and sharing what you can do to set yourself up for success. Wouldn't you like to know if you're on track? Make sure you listen to Money Matters with Alan Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on The Biz 1440. Or you can call them right now with your questions at 855-231-6010. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking relief factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years now. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Entries due February 26th. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited. Hey, America, you could win $5,000 a week forever from Publishers Clearinghouse. You heard me right. You could now win $5,000 a week paid to you every week for your whole life. Then after that, someone you choose gets five grand a week for their life. But you have to go to PCH.com before it's too late. There's just days left to enter to win, so go to PCH.com right now. You can't win if you don't enter. It's $5,000 a week forever. Go to PCH.com right now. That's PCH.com. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. 
The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show. How about a fresca? Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. He's a strange dog. Strange dog. We finally made it to campus. Welcome, King Banyan Show. The Biz 1440. Good to be with you on a uh, President's Day weekend. Uh, just This is the weekend also, by the way, where, and I do this pretty much with you every year since we started broadcasting from up here in St. Cloud. I'm on campus at St. Cloud State University. President's Day weekend is also trivia weekend here in St. Cloud. Um, the local co- the college radio station, which shares this building with me, they're down three floors from where I'm sitting, high above the Mississippi River. Um, I, you're looking live. No, stop it. Uh, no more Brent Musburger impersonations. Um, you, the um, they have trivia weekend going on, and this is basically when I first moved to town. They had just started this thing, and it was. All these houses would fill with people listening to the college station and trying to answer trivia questions, pick up a phone, calling in, and there's always a phone bank of people here doing it. So normally when I come into the building here, I'm, I'm located in Stewart Hall here at St. Cloud State, uh, as is most of the School of Public Affairs is here. Um, the, it's normally like three cars in the parking lot. One of them is the guy taking care of the college radio station, and there's a guy who, a, a, a professor in uh, one of our other departments who insists on working every Saturday morning. God bless him. Um, good guy. And, uh, and, um, and me. There's three people in the building. There are like 50 people here today. <laughs> and, and 45 of them are involved in making sure Trivia Weekend goes off swimmingly. The place is up down on the first floor is above first floor in the basement is a buzz with activity up here on up here on the top floor not so much uh, I think it's only me because nobody else comes to campus this weekend because it's just chock a block with folks uh, but I get here we're we're, we're we're talking to you working with you it's 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 a lot of fun uh, uh, they're doing literary trivia this weekend. Uh, I actually listened to a little bit of their of their broadcast last night, and uh, I think I'd have gotten two of the ten questions asked at the top of that hour, um, which maybe would be good because, again, these teams that they have typically run 20, 30 people, and they're calling their friends. Hey, do you happen to, do you know do you happen to know the name of the capital of Zimbabwe? Right, and that that sort of thing. Stop. Well, they wouldn't be that because the course you can look that up uh you can look that that question up online anyway we're live 651-289-4477 a little bit different type of show today and i'll tell you where i'm coming from with this i want to tie together a few thoughts about a few things that look like they don't really relate but really do um and gets to a topic that I've spent a fair amount of my professional life researching, writing about, and lecturing on. 
um, and that is the concept of what it mean, what economic freedom means. And and I'm going to come at it from a few different perspectives. Um, one is one is the thought of is it, it's all focused on this one post that I read yesterday by by uh, the grumpy economist, uh, also known as John Cochran, uh, from uh, from uh, uh, Stanford uh, University and the and the Hoover Institution, and. I thought he wrote something really interesting under the title Free to Transact. And so I want to spend some time talking about that today. And in that process, I want to talk as well about something called SWIFT. If you've been reading a lot about what's happening in in Ukraine... And full disclosure, I wrote a book about Ukraine back in the 90s. I was a I was an, a, a monetary advisor to the National Bank of Ukraine in 1995-1996. I lived in Kiev for a year. I have not been back in the country during this century. I have not been back there since 98. And in 98, I was only there for like two days. I just flew in to see some friends. I didn't talk to any. I didn't talk to any government officials at that time. So I haven't really connected with governments with the government in Ukraine for over 25 years. Um, my, the, the governor of the National Bank of Ukraine when I was there was, uh, Viktor Yushchenko, who eventually became president during the Orange Revolution in, in 2004. Um, and his wife, um, uh, was a, was a colleague of mine when I was working there in the nineties. And they, they had met before I got there. And frankly, the, the, her relationship with with the governor allowed me some access to some things and to, and to get some get some uh, insight into the country that I probably would not have gotten just as a guy that that lived in the city for a year and showed up at at the national bank. I might slip and call it NBU because it's what everyone calls it um, at the time. So I want to talk a little bit about that, but I'm not really going to talk to you very much about what's happening there right now i'll shoot a link for you to a an a a little uh, pop-up seminar we did we have someone on our not on the school staff but working in a in the college of science engineering who's from an area that's about a his family lives a mile from the border between ukraine and russia and one of my colleagues said hey you should talk to this guy we did and then i have a couple people that work in you have worked in Ukraine or worked in Russia. Uh, one of them is Russian, uh, and I had them, I had them do a, l- a little pop-up seminar, and I just fired a few questions at them. I'll post a link to it. I think you'll like it if you're interested in this. I think you will like this. Um, and I'm gonna, I, and rather than trying to get one or two of them to come on and talk on the show today, I said well, we're not a politics show. But if you're interested in in that kind of thing. We recorded this about 10 days ago. Lots of things are changing. I'm, I am watching to see what's going on there right now. Um, if I, if I was a betting man, I would say if they haven't invaded by Monday, I'm guessing Russia has made up its mind that saber rattling gets them more of what they want, um, than actually, uh, going in right now. They've probably learned a lot of things. Um, so, 
I'm gonna I'll put that aside. But I'll, if, if you follow us using the hashtag pound KBRS or my or my uh, Twitter handle at Banyan Show, um, I'll, you'll see the link there. I'll I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up and post it for you during during the next break. We will talk about the U.S. economy. We're going to talk about where we are right now. I will talk. I will talk. Yes, I will talk about what's going on at the Fed um, because that's really interesting right now as well. We'll cover. We'll cover that too, and a couple other items. Use, use the hashtag pound KBRS. Pound KBRS. If you are interested in any way, shape, or form in in this show. And if you do listen, if you're new listening to us, that's fantastic. We love to, we love that you're here and uh, and participating. But the the hashtag pound KBRS is a great way to do that. Uh, we would love we would love to hear from you there. Um, and frankly, we just love to hear from you, no matter where you are right now. Um, so let me talk very. Let me just run you through a, a few of the items out there. First of all, with regarding the Fed. We keep hearing how tough they're getting on inflation. I will point out, as does uh, Peter Bookvar at the Book Report, that um, their balance sheet expanded another $33 billion this week. So they've basically said we, people were not changing our pattern. And indeed, um, they've been very, very clear about what it is they they plan what they're planning to do and trying trying to get out there. So you've got people like, like we've talked about uh, President Bullard uh, at the uh, St. Louis Fed, who's been, who's come out and kept saying, we got to have a hundred basis points by the end of June. He was out on Bloomberg Thursday saying, and I don't I'm not I don't have a clip for this, um, saying we might have to go two hundred basis points just to get ahead of the inflation story. He didn't put a date on that, but it kind of implied he needed 200 basis points by the end of the year. Um, that would be dramatic. And you hear people saying six, maybe seven, maybe six, maybe seven. Here is the short version of this, and we'll do a little bit more of it after, afterward, um, after the break. Um, the short version of this is, if you have followed the Fed Funds futures market, they have been an absolute hot mess of opinion for the last two weeks. We have seen the probability of a 50 basis point rate hike move from zero, from 0%, you know, or 6% even a month ago. To last week when we were talking, there was a two-thirds, per, two-thirds likelihood that they would go 50. On Thursday of this past week, that, that prediction had been halved. It was now two-thirds on a 25 and one-third on a 50. It's a pretty, it's a pretty significant change in opinion because the Fed keeps going back and forth and back and forth. The longer they wait, the more likely it is they're just going to wait to the meeting on March 15th. They got their news of the week. They've gotten all their news about inflation, and we've seen all the news about inflation. Um, that's, all, that's all baked in out there. Um, but, but frankly, what, what happened that was mostly important here is 
is that we got two more pieces of the big four, what we call, what I call the big four of what happened last month. The employment rate is the first one. The next two are industrial production and retail sales. We got those this week, and then we get the income numbers at the end of the month. What happened there? Well, that was called a tease. We'll tell you what happened right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month. And that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need, 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. Some of your favorite pastors and authors are bringing you their most popular devotionals free. Discover the joy and peace you can experience every day when you spend focused time in God's Word. Sign up for daily devotionals from Crosswalk.com and get inspiration and encouragement sent right to your inbox with devotionals for parenting, singles, women, and more. Crosswalk.com provides spiritual growth for every stage of life. Crosswalk.com is a division of Salem Media Group. There's a ton to explore at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Like the biggest savings around at our half-off deals tab. Click on programs to see your daily lineup, win prizes at the VIP fan club, catch up on your favorite podcasts, and more. Education is absolutely the most critical decision you can make for your children. To get half off, it's a no-brainer. Hi, I'm Jeff. Hi, I'm Trish, his better half, and we're from Oakdale. We wanted a strong Christian school with conservative values. The half-off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family. I asked the station several times to make sure that I understood that there weren't strings attached, and, and there were no strings attached. The impact on our kids has been amazing. Their critical thinking is stronger, and they're better equipped for life. Yeah, the power of the Christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions and it just makes them better adults. Send your child to a private school for half the cost for their first year. No strings attached. For details and participating schools, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Welcome back. The King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. 
Yeah, maybe. Maybe there's going to actually be an invasion tonight. Who knows? Um, it, uh, it's very possible by the time you wake up tomorrow morning or Sunday morning, or if you listen to us on Sunday on the rebroadcast, 9 to 11, um, you might want to check your news. Um, Pearl, I, I asked my wife the other night, said, do you remember what day of the week it was for Pearl Harbor? She said, was it a Monday or a Tuesday? And I'm like, wow, you haven't watched the, you haven't watched a Pearl Harbor movie, have you? Uh, it was a Sunday morning. Most invasions happen on Sundays. Um, there's a higher propensity for it to happen on a Sunday than any time, time else. So, uh, you might be watching that. We'll talk about, we'll talk, we'll, tie that to some broader thoughts i have in the next hour i'm still i'm still trying to monitor what's happening over there uh during the breaks and of course i then forget to open up that that page for you with our with our odd with our video i will get that out to you from from what we did uh here about 10 days ago talking about uh ukraine very interesting perspectives um one fellow one fellow who lives on the Ukrainian side of the border, one fellow whose whose family is from the Russian side of the border, and then uh one of my one of my US born uh a faculty who was a Fulbright a few years ago in uh, in Ukraine in the area where a lot of the issues have happened, so I think so. I think you will find that I think you'll find that interesting. Anyway, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven the number to call with your questions or comments today. Um, so just very, very interested in um, in in what's in what's happening overseas. But let me turn back to looking at looking at some of the information there. Uh, core retail sales. So so let me let's set this up right. Leading Indicators was out this week, and I tweeted that to you using the hashtag PoundKBRS. Leading Indicators was down a little bit, but that was off some very big numbers. And a one-month change in Leading Indicators typically doesn't tell us much of anything. You kind of need three in a row before you say, oops, maybe the trend has changed. So no more needs to be said about about Leading Indicators, at least to me. Everyone pays attention to that. But there's a second index. It's actually two other index indices. One of them is coincident indicators. So the idea of a leading indicator is simply to say this number changes direction before the general economy changes direction. It has that tendency. We at St. Cloud State, and it's actually me, I've been the operator of, of the leading economic indicators for the St. Cloud economy. We have done a leading in economic indicator series up here for over 20 years. And it's just a series, it's just a set of four or five, I'm currently on four, indicators that I can look at and say, what do they, what do they predict? in terms of what's going on in the the, uh, St. Cloud economy. And when people say, well, how do you know what the general direction of the St. Cloud economy is? I say, well, the only thing I can know in a timely fashion is employment. Coincident indicators are those things that sort of tell us where the economy generally is, and they come in four categories. The amount of production in the economy, the amount of sales in the economy at the retail level, the amount of production in the economy, and the number of people employed. 
Now, Job Saturday, which we do, is always the first week, the first Saturday after the first Friday, and that is indeed the first of the four coincident indicators that we see. And we've we've kind of humorously made a thing about that, right? We've created Job Saturday out of that. We could do, yeah, you could do it. We took our gerbs, right? We we make a thing out of it. We have fun with it. It started as a little bit of a, a, a inside joke, but we've just decided, ah, we'll let everybody in on the joke. Because um, I used to tell the tell the, you know the station if they were going to do any plug of the show during the week. Well, just remember, this is Job Saturday, so um, I could have done this as well because sales and industrial production typically get reported on the same week. And so we go from having one indicator of what happened in January to having three. Now, remember, on employment, we got surprised to the upside. We thought it was going to be, some people were saying it's going to be a negative number because of Omicron and because of when we were doing the survey for the week. Remember the White House coming out and saying, hey, this number might be a little bit little bit low John pulled down your expectations and then they posted 450,000 jobs gained. And everyone's like, wow, you didn't prepare us for that. That's a big number. And I had wondered, okay, we're going to need some confirmation on that. We got it this week. Retail sales on a, on core level was up 4.8% month over month versus an expectation of 1.3%. There was a downward revision to December for sure, but that downward revision was only was only uh, 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 was only down to uh, was taken down by nine tenths percent. But November was revised up by seven tenths percent. The thing to remember about the retail sales data is that first number they call it the advance because it's based on a survey of fifty five hundred retailers. Now, they cover a fair number of of retail sales out there, but they don't cover everything. Now, it's important to recognize that these data are always nominal data. They are not adjusted for prices. So if prices increase, the retail sales number will go up. Even if you didn't sell more stuff, you took in more dollars, and retail sales looks at dollars, not at stuff. Um, so if you look at, if, if you look year over year, uh, at, and, and in dollar terms, it's up 11.4% year over year. I don't care what measure of inflation you're using. It's pretty sure that that 11.4% is a change in real retail sales. So that number went up by quite a bit. Okay. Um, if, if you look at goods prices outside of food and energy, uh, you're up 11.7%, but we happen to know that restaurant prices did not go up altogether that much. So I'm pretty confident that that number is, is positive for the week. So on retail sales, the data were, the data were, were pretty darn good. Okay. If I go then to look at uh, at the industrial production data, okay, uh, you would find that the industrial production data were slightly slightly negative on the week, but probably not too bad. 
By the way, I one one additional comment on retail sales. There is a weekly survey. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> a weekly survey that's done by Redbook, um, and that's looking at an even smaller sample than the census uses, and they're trying to extrapolate from that smaller sample to what's going on overall. That number is up. Is up. Uh, 15.4% versus where it was and in 2019 that number was up 4.6% so we're seeing on that level as well those are those are year-over-year changes up 15.4% right now versus what it was a year ago 4.6% over where it was two years ago on that basis you might think to yourself well did retail sales really go up really not go up not really, not really sure because 4.6 versus 2019. Again, if that's a nominal change, prices almost certainly went up by more than 4.6 percent in the last two years. So that number is probably down. Okay, that that red book figure, uh, thanks to uh, a nice uh, two-page uh, recovery tracker spreadsheet put out by First Trust Economics. Uh, that's Brian Westbury's shop. Uh, for those of you keeping track of such things. So, so there's, that's what's happening there. Now, on industrial production, um, if you look at the manufacturing indices, industrial production was up, but it wasn't because of manufacturing. For the most part, industrial production contains three components. It has a manufacturing component. It has a component for mining, including, including oil and natural gas. And then it has one for utilities, the production of electricity. Well, guess what number was up the most? What part of that number was up the most? Well, if you've been, unless you've been living in a cave or been on vacation down south for the last month and a half, you would know January was pretty cold. Industrial production numbers usually go up when it's a colder month because utilities have to produce a lot more output to meet the demand from their customers. And that's two-thirds of the gain in industrial production was was really based on utilities. So on the manufacturing side, uh, didn't go up altogether that much. On the uh, mining side, went up some, but not 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 maybe it went up in, by a decent amount, but not a whole lot. Here's the here's the upshot to all that. What we have in January is right now from the big four, and again, we won't know the income number for another, I want to say, 13 days. I think it, I don't think we'll have the number till the 4th of March. Um, maybe sooner, but I don't think so. Um, we, had a, we had a surprise upside on manufacturing. We had a surprise upside on retail sales. We had a probably a pretty much in line to maybe slightly softer number on industrial production. And the retail sales number, we're not entirely sure how great it is because we don't know what happened to prices for the goods that were being sold in that number. We think it was a good month of January, not a great month. We now know enough to start taking January knowledge and trying to project first quarter GDP out there. We still think first quarter GDP... 
before we were thinking it was going to be under 2% growth, I think now most people are coming to, yeah, it's probably going to be in the twos somewhere, maybe between two and two and a half, not two and a half to three. I'm still a little more optimistic than some folks because I still think, I still think there was a significant loss of hours in January because of COVID that didn't get picked up in the, in the retail data. These data tell me it wasn't as bad as we had thought. And so I do think over the next week, two weeks, three weeks, we're going to see people beginning to say, oh, you know what? First quarter GDP might come in a little bit higher. So I'm actually still leaning in the two and a half to three category. But I think most forecasters right now are in the low twos and and the people in the high ones are beginning to rethink their their forecast. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Hi, this is Tim O from the Kingdom Builders Roofing. Ice dams, they're generally caused by poor attic insulation or ventilation, but certain winter weather conditions can affect them too. Ice dams show up when warm, moist air leaks into your attic and without effective roof vents to let it out, it warms the roof deck and causes snow melt to run down your roof only to refreeze when it gets to the cold roof's edge. Over time, this ice can build up and back up on your shingles and cause water damage inside your home. We also hear from folks that find drips inside and think they have a leaky roof. But in most cases, it was that warm, moist air that got up into their attic during the cold winter months, condensed, and turned to ice inside the attic. This starts melting as spring weather warms, and that's a good time to take a look at your attic ventilation or insulation. If you don't have any leaks that show up during spring rains, your roof may be fine. As always, if you're concerned, we'd be happy to do a no-obligation roof inspection. Just give us a call at 612-900-9166 or drop us a line at thekingdombuilders.com. What's your favorite high school sports memory? A late-inning rally? A game-winning shot? A photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. Maybe it's the euphoria of a late-night bus ride home after a hard-fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now, imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school. Plus, all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. You could win $1,000 in our Cash for Couples sweepstakes. It's the month of celebrating couples, and we want to help you celebrate. Enter to win our Cash for Couples sweepstakes today and every day through the end of this month. Imagine what you and your sweetheart could do with $1,000. Register to win the Cash for Couples sweepstakes at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com slash cash. That's TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com slash cash.
iBelieve.com helps women wrestle with the deeper issues of their faith. Drop by for blogs and daily devotionals for women, plus articles on relationships, health and beauty, parenting, and more at iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group. iBelieve.com. Welcome back. King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Thank you for listening today. Uh, good stuff. Other good news happening in the uh, economy. Really, consumer expectations beginning to fall a little bit. I mean, this is going to be the key question. How is how are people really adjusting their expectations of inflation to the news that's now being reported regularly? Right? And I think that's I think that's the the, the major point here. And I just thought I thought this was a, I thought this was a, a pretty uh, important uh piece for me to 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 play for you. This was uh Megan Horneman, she's at Verdance Capital Advisors. She's she, I think, summarizes the attitude of most of the financial class, the most of the Wall Street economist types right now, in in a very short. This is a very short clip. Cut number one, please, Sean. Fundamentally, the economy is strong. I think it can withstand the Fed tightening cycle. But I think the first half of the year is going to be rocky for all the points that were mentioned. Uh, We have the Fed tightening. We don't know how much. Um, That is something that's concerning investors. You have inflation. You still have ongoing supply chain disruptions. And the economy is slowing. Right. So put those together, right? Economy slowing. Economy slowing. One. Is it? Yeah, I mean the. I mean, the growth rate of this economy. I, I. I still think you could end up with a three to, a three to three and a quarter year over year fourth quarter fourth quarter number by the end of the year. But this first quarter is not going to look anywhere near that good. And so I, I was talking to a, a group that I talked to a lot. I always. And I want to say this might be the 18th time I've talked to this one group, which is amazing to me that they keep inviting me back. And it's not a very big group, and particularly when you're doing it on Zoom. I think we had like 15 uh, local estate planners in this community. Um, there's a lot more than that, but getting people to gather on lunchtime on a Zoom call is kind of kind of hard. But I've talked to them for a long time, some old friends, some old faces that I've seen there quite a bit. And and I was talking to them about what would be, where are the, the risk in our local, in the local economy, in the national economy. And one of the biggest risks I talk about right now is actually thinking about China. So I noted that uh, Don on Twitter mentioned, would I be buying or selling yuan right now? In China, well, some of that kind of relates to what I'm I'm going to talk about in the next hour. What I was going to talk about, what I want to talk about right now is, is just 
reminding people of the sharp changes in the Chinese economy that happened around the Beijing Olympics in 2008. So in the run-up in 2008, they, they, they had to build out all of their venues. And so they're bringing in concrete by, you know, by the shipful. They're bringing in oil and energy as fast as they can. Go look at a price chart for the, a barrel of oil in 2008. It tells you the story I'm telling you. The price peaks in late July around $140 a barrel. It's less than half that over the next 60 days. Just go look up a barrel of oil. You don't have, I, I, I'm not going to do it for you. You can just do it yourself. What happened? Well, the Beijing Olympics happened, right? That's, that's true. But there was something else that happened at that time which was the Chinese government showed that it was able to do something that you could never do in the United States, and I don't think you could do it in Europe even, either. And we didn't do it even when we were faced with a pandemic that was killing thousands. And that was they basically told their economy around Beijing, nobody do anything for the next 30 days. Traffic into the city was halted. Factories were closed, okay? The streets were empty. You could be walking, you could go get food, but you couldn't take your car anywhere. Well, you could take it around the block, but you couldn't take it anywhere big. Why? Because the optics. Beijing is a basin in which smog sits very heavily when, when the, the uh, weather conditions are right. You might want to say it was out of concern for the athletes. I, I, I rather think it was it was because they didn't want that smog showing up on their TVs. So I think the same thing is happening here. I think what's happening here is is not, and it's not because of the Winter Olympics. It doesn't look like they put nearly as much thought, effort, and 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 uh, money into building out the Winter Olympic facilities uh, that they did, than they did uh, for uh, the Summer Olympics in 2008. Does I don't know. I, I don't know about you. I didn't, watch a, I didn't watch a second of it, okay? And honestly, not because I'm trying to boycott China or anything. I don't care about the Winter Olympics. Okay, the events I like to see all happen in the summer games, not the winter games. I just don't care. Now, if we, maybe I should have watched some hockey. Maybe. But uh, I don't watch a whole lot of hockey uh, normally, unless it's St. Cloud State. Right, so uh, I didn't watch it. Right. But I do think this is happening. You're seeing reports coming from the coastal areas around China and from Hong Kong that COVID is breaking out there again. And unlike the United States, where we didn't say let it rip, but we kind of recognized we were only going to be able to, we weren't going to try to go to zero. We were only trying to contain it. I think, I think even those that we say, oh, they're a zero COVID person, that I think might be hyperbole. In China, they really are. 
they really do want to have zero COVID, and it's kind of something that, that other Asian economies and societies seem to believe they can achieve. And what I'm watching right now in terms of the disruption in this economy, and this is what I was telling the estate planners, is what is happening at those ports? We've talked about the ships coming into Long Beach and Los Angeles, and and now they've got the ships hanging around out, out at sea over the horizon. You can't see them, so out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, yeah fine. What I'm trying to track are... are what I'm trying to track are two things. One is easy to track, which is what's happening to the price of sending sending products out of ports in Asia into West Coast ports in North America. The answer, that price is still rising fairly rapidly. So there there's a lot of good there's a lot of traffic and a lot of stuff trying to get out get out. But the other one that I'm really paying attention to is how many goods are there being shipped from those ports? When the price is high, it makes me think a lot of goods are getting out. When that price, when that price rolls over, I'm going to say, well, they didn't build new ships, so it must be we're sending fewer goods overseas. Wonder what's happening. That's the signal I'm looking for in that market. So... Because I haven't seen it, I actually disagree with the view that uh, Ms. Horneman uh, put out there. I actually think the economy is going to look just fine. That's why I'm a little more bullish than on GDP for the first half of the year than most of Wall Street right now. But I think that's also going to create, I think that also creates additional pressures on what the Fed's going to do with all the noise that's happening out there. And this week of all weeks, if you look at those Fed Funds futures numbers, they got more dovish, not more hawkish. Even So no matter how much noise the hawks in the Fed have been making, it doesn't look like it's fed through into the markets yet. We'll be back with a little bit more right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation, and I've never found anything that worked better in my life. I can't recommend it enough. 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com. 
Entries due February 26th. No purchase necessary. Voter prohibited. Hey, America, you could win $5,000 a week forever from Publishers Clearinghouse. You heard me right. You could now win $5,000 a week paid to you every week for your whole life. Then after that, someone you choose gets five grand a week for their life. But you have to go to PCH.com before it's too late. There's just days left to enter to win, so go to PCH.com right now. You can't win if you don't enter. It's $5,000 a week forever. Go to PCH.com right now. That's PCH.com. Hi, everyone. This is Mary Carey from America's number one travel radio show, inviting you to join Robert and me and Rudy each Sunday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel and explore the world together on RM World Travel. Tune in this Sunday evening at 7. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. Sightseeing in Ferris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas, we're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. All right, Sean, turn your mic on. Late, yes. Overrated or underrated? I wouldn't know, actually. I'm not that familiar with them. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So, just being a poser over here today, this morning. All right, in that case, in that case turn your mic off. Uh, it's off. <laughs> All right. Uh, 651-289-4477. Number call, questions, comments. King Banyan Show. The Biz 1440. Uh, huge early Yes fan. Um, I think late Yes was underrated. Uh, and I think some of early Yes was overrated. Uh, but uh, uh, the, uh, the, the – God, Don. I, Don has been tweeting at me all morning here on Twitter. And Don's, like, read my mind on what the second hour is going to be. He keeps say, saying things. Although, by the way, um, I am I am pro-biathlon – and and anti curling. Okay, curling is just shuffleboard on ice, and until shuffleboard becomes an Olympic sport, curling cannot be an Olympic sport. Done over. Croquet has to go in too. By the way, um, if you're going to do curling, you need to have croquet and shuffleboard. Um, hot takes from King right here on the Biz fourteen forty. But biathlon, I'm one hundred percent pro biathlon. I'm pro Norway because I think that's the place where they sort of said, "You know what we're going to do? We're going to we're going to ski through the woods for for about ten miles, and then every once in a while we're going to stop and shoot something." That's a fantastic sport. Are you kidding me? That's the best sport ever. 
I actually now want to see where I can go watch a biathlon. Okay, safely. <laughs> I my my daughter's a my daughter is uh, some of you will know if you long time listeners to the show is 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 uh, now a marathoner. She she was a cross country runner in college and and um, is now doing marathons and and um, and I'm I'm the parent that used to chase her all over the course to shout encouragement. I would literally run from one part of the course to another to see, make sure I could catch her. Uh, and um, I don't think I can do that at a biathlon, can I? I mean, I might run in the wrong place. Yeah, it makes me nervous. Anyway, uh, 651-289-4477. The Fed was out doing its signaling. I think, you know, I, I, I tend to be of the mind that if I hear John Williams talk, I think I probably know what's going on in Jay Powell's head. I think of them as being pretty darn close. He is the president of the New York Federal Reserve. They are the first among equals. They're the new, they're the they're the Federal Reserve Bank as opposed to the board the board of governors. They are the bank whose president is always on FOMC. They never go off the they never go off. So they're kind of like the eighth governor, but even more so He's got his finger on the pulse of what's happening with all the primary broker dealers and so forth, and and is a pretty powerful person uh, within the Fed. I think of that. I might talk about the the nominations in the next hour. I'll defer it till then. But but if John Williams is saying something, I tend to think it's true. He was at the New Jersey. He was at New Jersey College of Technology uh, yesterday. Uh, or he was actually on Zoom, but he gave a talk to the New Jersey College of Technology yesterday, and uh, had some and had some notes about what what they plan to do. He made it very clear that he will be voting for a rate increase in March. Cut number three. And the next step will be to raise the FOMC's target range for the federal funds rate, and that's the short-term interest rate at which banks lend to each other. In March of 2020, the FOMC reduced the target range for the federal funds rate by one and a half percentage points to near zero. And this very low interest rate contributed to the sharp rebound in demand, which propelled the strong labor market recovery that we saw last year. But with today's strong economy and inflation that's well above our 2% longer run goal, it is time to start the process of steadily moving the target range back to more normal levels. In particular, I expect it will be appropriate to raise the target range for the federal funds rate at our upcoming meeting in March. Notice he doesn't say 25 or 50. And notice, I thought this was interesting, that he he couched his his terms, in he couched his uh, comments in terms of the drop, which was a drop from one and a half to zero back in March of 2020. Okay? So it makes you think that in his head, is six a reference number for him? Is he trying to figure out, do I want to go back to where we were in March of 20? Because if I do, then I need to get to six and so forth. I thought that was interesting. I didn't see the market respond too much to that. So I do think the market's thinking they're going to go five or six or maybe even seven rate hikes here over this time. But I kind of think the market's kind of expecting five to six. That's what's also in the Fed Funds futures market. He then turns to talk about quantitative tightening a little in a little bit less language, a little less clear. 
and a little more dovish than than I would be. Cut number four. Now, once the interest rate increases are underway, the next step will be to start the process of steadily and predictably reducing our holdings of uh, Treasury and mortgage-backed securities, which had grown significantly as a result of the purchases that began back in March of 2020. Now, last month, the FOMC released a set of principles that will guide that process. And assuming the economy develops roughly as I expect, I foresee this process getting started later this year. So later this year might not be till the fourth quarter. I think that's way too late. I think it's way too late. And I think he's actually, he actually is, is, so I think the rate hikes are kind of baked in now. And they've guided the they've guided the economy to five rate hikes, six rate hikes, maybe seven rate hikes. They've guided them in that direction, but they're still struggling to figure out what to do with the balance sheet. They added thirty three billion dollars to the balance sheet last week. Can you stop? How about you just stop? They just I mean. They won't even wait. So my question is, how many more billions to that balance sheet will happen between now and March 15th when they have the next meeting? Because they almost certainly have to stop then. They they only have an order to keep buying that goes through March. They The question will be, and it is the number one question for the, coming up for the Fed, what's going to happen in April? By the way, i got to tell you, I have uh, during the break. I'm I'm looking at the news over here, but I also have from the Wall Street Journal big piece from Nick Timoros's new book, "How the Fed Averted Economic Disaster," March 2020. I'd say it's too soon to say, don't you? Back after this, the King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Samantha Cowell. I'm Staff Sergeant I'm Alex I'm Staff Stevens. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member of... And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com Everyone has important numbers. A phone number, a year you were born, even your anniversary. At Appliance Renew, giving our customers savings up to 50% off is one of our important numbers. Hey, it's Michael, owner of Appliance Renew. We sell brand new scratch and ding name brand appliances. Our inventory of over 250 appliances changes weekly. I put all appliances through a 20-point inspection, checking that all components, belts, and lines are running at peak performance. 
Appliance Renew is locally owned and operated in beautiful downtown Farmington. Visit ApplianceRenew.com or give me a call at 612-564-9207. It's worth the trip to downtown Farmington in the South Metro for savings up to 50% off brand new scratch and ding appliances. Saving money is worth the drive when a little ding doesn't mean a thing at Appliance Renew. What does it mean to be a Christian woman in our current culture? How does your faith in Christ relate to the world around you? At times, being a Christian can seem like an overwhelming task in today's busy and challenging landscape. That's why you should visit iBelieve.com, a site designed for Christian women. Whether you're looking for insight, conversation starters for your church group, or just an uplifting message, you'll find it at iBelieve.com. Visit iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group. Isn't it time you trade your old salt hog for a new wet technology water softener from Commerce? Commerce will give you $400 for your old softener and haul it away too. Save salt, save water, and your back. Go to Commerce.com. Commerce Water. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.